Uh, you can see all the 2012 results. Oh, I guess I guess we're going to radio. live. We're uh, we're live. and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Man, we've got Donnie Key in the chat room tonight. Uh, it must be time for some uh, off-season fantasy football. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue High Stakes Radio. This is Friday Night Football, Football Night in America, any other name I can kind of come up with. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football. As always, joined by the Big Blue co-host, the star of the show, from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent and Mike. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. It's funny, just uh, the season. You you think you're in February, and all of a sudden you're in March, and and uh, you know that's St. Patty's Day month. And then before you know it, you're in Easter, and we're asking WCOF, where's the money? And then it's May, and it's Derby time, and then then it's June, and it's time for Genesis and July. I mean, it's it's time for football already. Hey. It never ends, Scott. I mean, we just got done with combine, and uh, to the combine leads the uh, the draft. I mean, how how anxious are you for uh, making your uh, decisions come, uh, especially in the world of dynasty fantasy football, where you have to make these decisions on, uh, you know, the draft spots that you want when the NFL draft happens. So uh, a lot of things uh, moving and shaking right now. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a lot of fun. We've had uh, we've got a lot of things going on just all around us. Uh, we've got new announcements coming. We've got new staff members coming on. We've got new writers coming on. People doing the podcast for us. We got a good chat room going tonight. Donnie T, Henry Muto, Rampo, uh, Urinal Mint, and Wayne Ellis. It's a good start to uh red versus blue here tonight i tell you what i just got offered uh, for any of you dynasty players out there i just got offered a, a trade and it just hit my inbox tell me what you think uh this draft i have jimmy graham i have jimmy graham in this league it's just one ppr and it's uh i got offered jonathan stewart which used to be valuable miles austin who 
could be valuable still if he's healthy. And uh, this kid by the name of Justin Myers, right? I, or is it Justin Myers or Brandon Myers? I can't remember. Who's the kid for Oakland? <laughs> Brandon. Brandon Myers. I didn't know him. Okay, Brandon Myers. So Brandon Myers, Miles Austin, Jonathan Stewart, and all I have to do is give up Jimmy Graham. But I still, man, I, I hate giving up that stud for a big pile. Well, 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 what's your? What, do you have another tight end? What's your other tight end? Oh, that's a good question. You know, uh, I I have Tony Gonzalez in that league, which that he's going to be nope. gone. Um, I have uh, Selleck, who's not really much of anything anymore. Uh, I got another guy in that league too. Let me see. Let me scroll over here. Okay. Uh, oh, I've got. Oh, I've got. I've got Lance Kendricks, and I've got Tony Moyaki, and I've even got Jacob Tammy. I've got six tight ends on this thing. Are you nuts? Yeah. No. Six yeah. Tight ends. Okay. <laughs> it's, and, it, and it's one point. It's what, a hyperactive, hyperactive three, Mike. Hyperactive three, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You got six tight ends? Well, you know, uh, you can start up to uh, three tight ends every week if you want to. So. Well, no, because the, uh, the the running back category doesn't mean much anymore. So, uh, right. wow. Whew. Moyaki. But all those you listed, I mean, man, it's hard to give up Graham. Everybody, everybody on the in the chat room, just say no, Scott. Again, the offer was Jonathan Stewart, Miles Austin, and Brandon Myers for Jimmy Graham. That's you know, I like Stewart. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't like Stewart. I've never liked Stewart. I, I always thought his potential was nice, but it, the big backs it never works out. I always remember talking to Jeff Tirabasi, Cornfins, and I was on the phone with him. You know, Cornfins. He he dominated yeah. this year at the FFPC and the uh in, in the big leagues. He he really dominated. You know, it's a really real quick side story on 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 corn fins. Now that I'm 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 going off on a different tangent here, but I was sitting at the um I was sitting at the draft. This was high society, the ten K league, where everybody puts up ten K. And I was sitting there right beside Jeff, just kind of uh, you know, I I told him I was like, Look, I've I got nothing better to do. I'm just gonna sit and chill with you and watch you draft and you know Tell you who I'd take, <laughs> and uh, he gets the he gets the ace right, the ace of the ace of spades or whatever. As, as they're throwing the cards out there to figure out who you're gonna uh, who you're gonna uh, what spot you're gonna draft from, they just threw cards at it, and he grabbed one of the cards and it was an ace, and he said, "I'll take the one hole." And he goes and sits down, and so then I go sit down beside him, right? Well, a couple, about 30 seconds pass, and then everybody's kind of looking to see where they're sitting, and they all start sitting down somewhere, and this guy's like, wait a minute, I don't have a card yet, and there's no cards left on the table, and so Alex has to come over here, this is a a crazy, crazy tense situation, you know, Alex has to come over, and he realizes that one of the cards was not put in the deck, and these guys just ponied up 10 grand a piece, right? Yeah, I mean, ten grand for your draft spot. It's incredible. I mean, I've never done anything like that. You know, I don't even do the five Ks. And and so I'm like, what's gonna? What are you gonna do? Well, Alex is calm and cool as always. You know, he just grabs all the cards. He grabs all the cards, just back, kind of gives Jeff a look like, what do you want me to do? You know, there's nothing I can do. You know, we got to <laughs> redraw. And uh, I felt bad for Jeff. I kind of felt bad for Alex, but you know, it was just like, wow, what can you do? You have to redraw. They redrew. Jeff ends up getting the eight pick, right? And we're right, sitting right. there, and Jeff is so disgusted with the eight pick. 
And it's the last pick, too. I mean, I think he might even drew the, the 12, and, and he was, so he was 12th choice, and it was the very last one available was the 8, you know, because it always goes like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. And then somebody goes, oh, give me 12, 11, 10. Not, and it kind of went backward there, and he got stuck with the 8. Uh, so, yeah, uh, he was not happy, and I remember him ripping the card in half and just kind of tossing it at Alex, and Alex was like, what do you want me to do? Funny story, though, has a good ending. That's he ends up He ends up winning the thing, man. He ends up winning that's that failed. and won varsity. That's, that's funny. It never fails. I mean, just when you think that you're screwed or whatever, you end up winning something. That's well, right. Good, good for Jeff. That was uh, that was funny story. Anyway, Jeff always said about Jonathan Stewart – that he doesn't like the big backs. The big backs very rarely work out. It's a lot of, of toll on their on their legs when they have that much weight and they're carrying that much weight around. And so he kind of steered me away from Stewart, and I'm glad he did because he never has met his potential. Uh, so Miles Austin, I'm not so sure about. What well, Miles Austin could be? I would love for the Jets to get a guy like Miles Austin. You know, because we've never really had good players like oh, that. We always get like God. a Mexico. Or we get a San Antonio Holmes. We never get a good kid like Miles. I mean, really, nine minutes into the show, we're talking about that dog and pony show, the Jets. Jeez. Uh, go ahead. I, so. I, brought up, I brought up the Cowboys, too. I mean, you know. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we, we, do, we do have a little bit of news to talk about. We are going to talk about the exciting Dynasty World Championship that we launched today. Uh, we launched the initial details. We've been working on this thing for a long, 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 long time. Uh, getting all the details just right, exactly where we want them, is a is was very important to making sure that we can nail this and set this thing up for future growth without having to touch the rules and the concept. And we're going to talk about a little bit about the rules and survey questions that we answered, just about the industry and what people kind of want in contests these days, how it will affect the 2013 Fantasy Football World Championship, and uh, anything else that's out there. We've got a lot of player news, Mike. The Chiefs acquired. Alex Smith. Now, look, I'm not a Alex Smith guy. Never have been. Uh, he was a total flop, and he set San Francisco back probably about four or five years, right? It didn't work out, and Kaepernick comes in kind of as the draft pick that everybody thought would, you know, have a chance there. And boy, he looks just tremendous. He's he looks better than any of us could have even imagined. He's a top ten, a legitimate dynasty quarterback. Some people would say top five, uh, unless you're worried about the injuries. But now Alex Smith goes to the Chiefs, Mike. I, I gotta say. Let me ask you this. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play Juan Martinez here, like the like sure. prosecuting prosecuting a, attorney. He's obviously an improvement, right? For Kansas City, absolutely. Okay. Now, so if you if you're saying that he's an improvement for Kansas City, that means the statistics for the other offensive players should get better, right? For one, they will. Okay. So. We have Jamal Charles, Dwayne Bowe, right. and Tony Moyaki, right? That is correct. Who who does this help the most? Without a question, it helps Jamal Charles. The only reason is Alex Smith will not throw the deep ball. However, he will get Charles more and more involved. And in the end, Moyaki could benefit out of this entire deal more than ever. The fact that Alex Smith, you just mentioned that Alex Smith uh, couldn't get it done in San Francisco, that's not necessarily the case. He managed games in a in a very good way. Uh, the fact that he couldn't get it done is not really a fair thing to say because he was never really given the opportunity. Now, 
with that said, I don't think Alex Smith could have taken uh, San Francisco as far as uh, Kaepernick did. But what did Alex Smith do wrong? Uh, what did he do wrong? You mean uh, as far as in San Francisco? What did he, what did he do to lose games? Yes. He throws yes. bad passes. He throws them into the, he he misses wide open running backs in the flat. He he uh, you know he doesn't scramble well. Has terrible. I would, I, I would like I would like to pull up his QB rating for the last two years. Well, I'm you're not going to get you're not you're not going to get that on a show like Red versus Blue. I can tell you that. Got. Yeah, we're we're not getting QBR ratings here at uh, Allen. Yeah, well, I mean, you're he's, getting, not, you're getting, he's not a he's not a fantasy. I mean, if you want fantasy stats out of uh, Alex Smith, you're not gonna get it. You're not gonna get it. So, uh, but if you want to win a game, you might get that with Alex Smith. So I, I really believe that Alex Smith is gonna fit fine in Kansas City. And to to end the question to. Or to end the answer to your question, Jamal Charles is going to benefit tremendously. Yeah, uh, I think so too. I think Charles benefits. I do. I have heard uh, reports that Bo is sticking around. That's kind of what we expected. When anytime a new regime comes in, new head coach and Andy Reid, you know they get rid of the GM. I think that Dwayne Bo said, "Look, that now it's it's okay to go ahead and give this organization a second chance." Now, it wasn't the owner's fault that this whole thing fell apart? It was the GM. It was the head coach and. I've got a new quarterback, a new GM, new head. Might as well stick this out and see see what we can do here. I do like my teammates, I'm sure, and he is a. It doesn't sound like he's a bad teammate, so it sounds like Dwayne Bow will stick around. So Alex Smith in Kansas City, probably a good thing for Jamal Charles. Who would you rather have, Jamal Charles or C.J. Spiller? You're redrafting. Who would you rather have? Whoa, redrafting. Uh, I would red redrafting. I'd rather have Jamal Charles. That's a tough one, though, right? That's a tough one, right? It is. It is tough. Uh, T.J. Spiller, uh, he's in a good spot, but uh, I still would. Jamal Charles has uh, plenty left in in his tank, and I really believe that uh, I, I believe that Charles will outscore uh, outscore uh, Spiller this year. But man, that's close. That's close. All right, Mike. Uh, let's look at the next story. Your your boy Joe Flacco, who won you some money in the playoff contest. You drafted a lot of Ravens in the FFWC. FF Toolbox Playoff Contest, and they rewarded you, and they rewarded Flacco with uh, about what twenty million a year or so. So he's the highest paid quarterback in history, right? So he's pr- pretty a uh, pretty big payday there. Yeah, I mean he did he did what he needed to do, but uh, <laughs> I'm I'm turning the calendar. So as far as a uh, fantasy uh, fantasy quarterback dynasty quarterback, I don't know. Uh, Give me, give me some options here because Flacco, I don't know. Oh, I like Flacco. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with having uh, Flacco as your Better. starting quarterback. I, w- I would prefer that he's your number two and your backup, but that's a high-end number two. And, and to be honest with you, I would much rather have a Flacco over a Romo at this point. I would rather have him over an Eli. Uh, I can't really say I, – I almost okay. might have – you know, you get kind of tough here. The question that I had written down actually was was a very good one, and I think I'll switch it out uh, because with this Tom Brady extension, he gets the three years through 2017. That guarantees that the Patriots won't have another Super Bowl for another, you know, you know, four or five years now. And now that Tom Brady's around, because we know he's not going to win another one, uh, being from a, a fan of the AFC East. But Tom Brady, would you rather have him or like a say a Josh Freeman? I mean. Tom Brady or Flacco right now, at this stage in the career, you would rather have a Joe Flacco in a dynasty league, right? 
Yeah. I, I would rather have a Joe Flacco versus a Tom Brady. Uh, you kind of wrote off Eli Manning. Uh, I'd rather have Eli Manning versus Joe Flacco, to be honest with you, Scott. Yeah, it's uh, only four years. Yeah, it's not that big. What about what about over Drew Brees, who's 34? That's six years. Ooh, uh, I would take Brees over Eli. I'd take Brees over all the aforementioned, to be honest. Yeah, well, you, you're kind of like me. We don't uh, – and Michael Bronte, he, he's our new dynasty um, lead analyst on FFToolbox.com. He puts out his rankings. He has them up there for you. You can check them out. They're projected on a three-year window, FFToolbox.com. We have our dynasty rankings up there, and uh, it's interesting. You know, we just put up this content for the first time. It's really funny. I, lo- I love this new web game, that this, this fun managing this website thing, man. I'll tell you what, we put up Dynasty content for the first time ever, right, in the site's 12-year history. If you Google Dynasty Fantasy Football or Dynasty Rankings or anything like that, you'll see FF Toolbox up there like two and three times up at the top. It's pretty cool, uh, the power of this website and what we can do out there. But he has it based on a three-year window. and he So he has guys like Drew Brees, and Tom Brady still much higher than the younger guys, whereas a lot of rankings will dictate themselves on a six- and seven-year window. I'd be interested in a guy like Wayne Ellis, who plays a lot of high-stakes fantasy football, what he thinks about his dynasty rankings, and does he go out three years, maybe five or six years? Mike, what is your take on that? Yeah, you know, it's hard to figure out. It depends on the position. For instance, uh, quarterback. I think you can. I think you can give a five, seven year window at quarterback. I really do, uh, because I, I, I'm looking at uh, what uh, Michael has, and uh, you know, like like you said, uh, Tom Brady's 35 years old, and he's got him as a number seven ranked quarterback overall. And who's to say that Tom Brady couldn't play another five years? So uh, when, when you're talking about quarterback, I think you can go a five to seven year window. When you're talking running back, man, that's a, that's a three-year window at best. And yeah. then wide receiver, uh, you know, five to seven year possibly as well. Yeah, I think I've always been the, the type to take a longer window approach as well. And I'm trying to listen to the guys to kind of get their feel. But, look, it's, you know, everybody has their own little strategy. That's what we really like about Dynasty uh, Fantasy Football. Let's Let's go ahead and segue to that since we are talking Dynasty right now. Uh, we did make the announcement today on fftoolbox.com. Dynasty World Championship is going to be taking place in starting in 2013. Uh, it's a pretty exciting time for us, Mike. We've we've got a um, a tremendous opportunity to have a good, fun time here and to reward the league winners as we will in the FFWC main event. Uh, we we don't want to put we do want to put a prize out there for the champion, but we don't want to make it so big that the that winning your league is overshadowed. That's what we feel has been happening. We've, we want to make sure that the leagues are rewarded. And so in the Dynasty World Championship, for a $299 entry fee, you're going to be able to get up, uh, get back a substantial uh, part of your investment because 2400 will go back to league prizes. That's basically eight teams' worth of entry fees. That's two-thirds of the entry fees going back inside the league, 66%. Uh, the rest will go towards... Uh, the championship prizes. We will have a $5,000 grand prize in year one. We're going to limit it to 144 teams, Mike, 12 leagues of 12, battling it out, uh, $299 entry fee. Should be fun. There's a couple of cool twists that I just want to tell you about. Number one, we will have 
what's called an off-season option, called a dispersal draft. So, for example, this this is very popular for if you ever have teams that um, abandon or if you ever have teams that uh, don't do a very good job. Sometimes you'll have people that will try out Dynasty for the first time, and they will have drafted a lot of the Frank Gores of the world uh, and, and not realize that, oh, they made a lot of mistakes when they drafted their team, so they have an older team now, and they really can't do anything, and they're kind of stuck. So what we've provided is what's called an off-season dispersal draft. They'll be able to take their, their teammates, uh, their roster, and dump it at the end of the year back into the pool. And if there's more than one person that wants to do that, what they'll do is those two teams will participate in a dispersal draft where they're, both of their picks and players are put into a big pool, and they can have an off-season dispersal draft to shake their team up a little bit. You can take your picks, you can take your players, and you can build your team back up with the teams that are deciding to take place in that. Now, obviously, if you're a good team, you're not going to want anything to do with that. You're going to sit back and watch. But it always, everything I've ever seen from a dispersal draft, it always picks up the trading. It always gets people interested in what's going on. It kind of gets the juices flowing because you can watch a draft going on, and, and you kind of get to feel it out. So that's a pretty cool twist, Mike, the off-season dispersal draft. Yeah. You know, that sounds good. Uh, I, You know, I think that's going to be kind of cool. Uh, the one thing about it is you don't want it to uh, go to that. <clears throat> when I say that, uh, you want the original 12 uh, – I'm, I'm just I'm just kind of talking out loud here. You want the original 12 out of each 12 leagues to stay together and uh, never drop. Now, in a, in a dream scenario – uh, that would be wonderful, but that's not going to happen. So when that does happen, then you have the dispersal draft that you're talking about. Correct, Scott? You hit it on the head, man. That's uh, that's right. Uh, we're we're just preparing for the inevitable, so that when it does happen, uh, people do like to kind of switch things up a little bit. The second thing that we're going to do to to help competitiveness is we have what's called the Dynasty King. Uh, the Dynasty King and the Dynasty Queen, uh, if it is a queen, uh, the, the bonus prize. There's a bonus prize every three years for the Dynasty King. This is awarded to the individual team who scores the most points over a three-year period, and it's awarded every single year in that rolling three-year period. And so that is that bonus is additionally viewed as a team competitive bonus. It, it will encourage everybody to always field their best lineup every week because if you don't, you're losing points, and it will impact your overall standing in the three-year points. So you'll always have that three-year leaderboard up there, and every year that last year will roll off. Uh, that third year will roll off, and so it'll be your most recent three years to crown our Dynasty King. So you may not win the championship that year, but you could be viewed as the Dynasty King and, and get a nice bonus prize for that, Mike, and that's a heck of an accomplishment in of itself. Yeah, you know, I, I love that concept, Scott, because, uh, you know, it's, it's so frustrating when you get into the playoffs and, you know, you've you've got had a great team all year long, you're scoring a lot of points, you're doing this, you're good, next thing you know, bam, you lay, you know, you, you drop a melon, and, and, and it's horrible. Well, what do you do? You regroup for next year. Well, in this case, it sounds like what you're saying is, no, I've got my points, I'm I mean, I'm looking pretty good for next year, so I'm going to continue for next year with my team and uh, move forward. Next thing you know, three years down the road, I might be the dynasty king or queen. 
Right. And I'm just chatting with the guys in the chat room right now. There we go. But, okay. but I mean, it sounds like it's a great concept, Scott. And you know, I love rollover. I love I love things that can keep keep the players involved. That's what it's all about, especially in dynasty, because it's so easy to lose uh, lose focus, uh, lose interest, so to speak, in the dynasty uh, atmosphere. Because it's like, oh well, I didn't do any good this year. Well, no, you could be good. You could be good next year and the year after that, as long as you stay focused and uh, you know uh, stay stay the course. That's right. That's right. It's the three-year Dynasty King or potentially Dynasty Queen bonus. Uh, you know, we do have a couple of ladies that like to play fantasy football, and you never know if they're going to decide to jump in there as well. So we do want to kind of leave that that open enough. So, again, this will reward winners inside of the league at a very high clip. 66% will go back to that. Two-thirds of the entry will go back to inside of the league and winning the league, and that's a major accomplishment in of itself. So we're pretty excited about that. We will grow that. That will continue to grow. But we are going to lock it down, and I guarantee you there will be a lot of people that will feel like they missed out on this one once it sells out. And, and you know, who knows what will happen, uh, but we will uh, – maybe maybe we'll try some of this same format in some side leagues or something if you do miss out. But we expect it to sell out very soon because of a future potential announcement that we have with an online partner uh, coming up, and hopefully that will be uh, coming up next week. So – Pretty exciting stuff there, Mike, and and uh, let's move on to the the other uh, attractive part of uh, the night for the FFWC is the survey results that we had. Mike, we are listening to the players. If you go to the message board, we have uh, garnered a lot of feedback on the Fantasy Football World Championship. That was, uh, you know, look, we gave $200,000 to Matt Bailey. Uh, each league winner, we paid out like $9,000 in league prizes to every single league. And it was a uh, it was a good first year for us. I came on in October, so I had kind of missed out on all the festivities before then. But then I, when I came on in October, I realized we have a really good team here. Uh, Emil Kallik working his tail off, the godfather, basically, of fantasy sports. He runs his own football diehard business on diehards.com. He has the magazine business that he puts out. Uh, you know, I don't know how many different magazines that are all spread out all over the place, over the newsstands. And he's also helping to build our contest and our tournament every single day, just working with us. I don't know how he does it, uh, you know, as somebody who's just, you know, just lives and breathes this stuff and enjoys it. Very fun to work with Emil. He is a little bit more behind the scenes. He's not on the message boards as vocal because he's, he, you know, that's part of kind of my job. He's there uh, a lot on the technical side. He's been doing the Global Player Index, Mike. I, I can tell you the Global Player Index is almost finished. We're going to be launching that, and that's going to be the ranking. A lot, of people, a lot of people like to see where they rank in the world of high-stakes fantasy sports, and we've got all the results. we got all yeah. the FFC results. we got all the FFPC results. We put a, he, put, he put them all in. He crunched them all in. Hand, had to do it manually on a lot of people just to get it to work right. Uh, got them all in, and the rankings will be coming out soon. So that is exciting. Uh, so he's been working on that side. And uh, we, we've got this main event, man. We've got this main event, and we have an opportunity to really build something special here. And I'm going to tell you, uh, flat out, point blank, we have we are designing a prize structure that is favorable toward the league. The individual league of 12 that you win, I don't know, time and time again, Mike, everybody I talked to said it's so damn hard to make an ROI in the main event. I'm just going to start playing side leagues. It is. I'm 
going to play Sileys because I can't make an ROI. It's just, it's just not good for an ROI. And I hate hearing that because, look, that's what we fell in love with. Kind of, you know, our heart and soul was in that W Coffin and in that main event field and playing in that main event. And that's where we all met each other. And that's why we were all out there. And that's why we're doing this today. We wouldn't have this if it wasn't for that. Lenny Namel, originally, we wouldn't have it. So there's a big potential to, to do something here, Mike. We want to make sure that people return that fun and that love they have for the main event contest itself, not the experience, the everything about it, the league, the payouts, the, the ROI, everything about it. We want to return to that feeling you had in year one when it was the most amazing thing ever. And well, back, no doubt, Scott. Five thousand dollar payoff. It's going to be a lot better this year. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people that come in there. Uh, they, I mean, they're looking for that ROI. I am too. I mean, who's not? I mean, that's why you, that's why you do what you do. That, that's why we uh, that's why we love the uh, uh, love what we do as far as uh, playing the game of fantasy football. When you put up that kind of money, you, you want something. You want something back in return. Uh, but I will say this, there's a lot of things that uh, people maybe take for granted is the uh, the main event, uh, the other little things that go along with them. So uh, it's just meeting everybody, seeing everybody, uh, and uh, that goes a long way. But uh, return of investment, no question about it. I mean, you're putting up the money, you want to win the money, and that's all there is to it. It's great to see the people, but you're in it to win it. <laughs> Yeah, and we are trying uh, everything we can, Mike. We are trying very hard to get get somebody to that 10K mark, that 10K club, that dominator who wins best record and most points. I think they deserve something special. I think they deserve 10K. They deserve 10 stacks of high society, man, <laughs> or uh, one. I'm sorry, one stack of high society. They deserve that high society moment where they can take that 10K and do whatever they want to with it, but you've won your league in the main event, and that's a 10K moment. I think it is, man. You won your league, you you, you scored the be- you, you scored the most points, and you had the best record. You're a dominator. You're a dominator. How, well, let me ask you this, Scott. How often has that happened that you've seen? Uh, you know, Wayne Wayne and, uh, could probably answer that as well. I, I think the, the results that we reviewed – that it happens about 20 to 25% of the time. Wow. Somebody has the best record and the most points. It just varies year to year, but it's usually between 20 and 25%. One out of five leagues, somebody takes that best record, they also have the most points. Wow. I, I, I really didn't think it was going to be that high, to be honest with you, because it just, when you're playing head to head like this, I mean, so many things happen and, uh, that's that surprises me, but uh, yeah. you know that I mean that's a good uh, that's a good thing to have. Yep, yep. So that's uh so look for league prizes to be increased. Uh, there's a couple of other things that are really close to being finished, uh, real close to being finished. We had a uh, survey results. We asked we reward the player with the best record after 13 weeks, the league first place prize. We asked. Do you feel that best record should remain the highest recognition of overall team performance? 45% said yes, best head-to-head record should get the top prize. 55% said they thought that that was not the best indicator of total or of best performance. 
Very, very interesting results. So what do we do with it that? We, uh, we, we take that, we shake it upside down, we spin it around, and we make sure that we do the right thing for the players. The players are saying, half of them are saying that they feel that head-to-head record is, is the best, almost half. The other half thinks that there's something better there. So what I think we I think we need to kind of go steer towards more of the model that says let's reward both of those equally. Let's reward head to head and best points equally and let them duke it out in those final points. Mike getting a lot of feedback here. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you now. Let me see if uh let me see if I can get this. All right. There we go. Yeah. All right. It was on your end. So, so yeah, that's a, that's an important topic to really make sure we get right. And we, you know, if we have to reward the best, best head to head and the most points the same, and then let them play it off in the end, that's what we're going to do. So that is on the table for 2013. Uh, and I think that's so, Yeah. I was, uh, I was looking at those questions, Scott, and, uh, all of those are, uh, they're pretty tough questions, and, and you know, it's good questions that the uh, that you guys want to know what the industry thinks about, what the people think about, and it was it was very hard uh, sometimes. I, I it was just it was hard to figure out uh, exactly which way to go because it depends on what happened. I think, and this is my opinion, it depends on what happened the previous year. Well. This worked out favorably for me. Yeah, this worked yeah. out favorably for me. Right. Instead of you got to look at the entire landscape of well, in the past few few years, which one works the best? Yeah, that's right, Mike. Uh, some people are very. Sometimes we get a little short sighted uh, when we take these surveys. It's about what happened to us most recently. You're absolutely right. Question two was KDS, Mike. Do you feel that the current system KDS is good for our contest and our growth? I do. The the answers were yes, it gives more choice to the players. It's easy to do and to explain. 63% said yes. It yep. gives more choice. It's easy to do and to explain. I was kind of surprised by that because I thought we'd get a little bit of blowback from KDS because, let's face it, people like getting their draft slot and that announcement when we can pull names out of the hat and do all that and that announcement and, and doing that in the – you know, getting your draft slots early so you can start mocking on those draft picks throughout the season, that's really fun. But I was surprised by how many people in the high-stakes game said, you know what, I don't care about that. I'll draft from every direction. I like to draft from everywhere anyway. But uh, let me well, figure out, let me, let me use all that time to figure out my KDS. I think, Scott, honestly, I think most people that go into these high-stakes drafts, uh, which I've only been a couple, but uh, – you know, they go in there thinking, okay, well, uh, you know, I know if I'm drafting one, I know who I want, two, three, four, five, et cetera, et cetera. I know who I want, and if I got a draft out of one, I know who I'm getting on the turn and a turn and a turn. If I'm drafting out of seven, I know who I'm getting in second round, third round, fourth round. So, yeah, KDF, I like KDF. Yeah, there's a conversation in the chat room right now in a dynasty, just a real quick and, and, and bounce this around for the dynasty fans out there. Would you trade Adrian Peterson for Alfred Morris and Andrew Luck? Ooh. Uh, no. Okay. Well, 
I, I would not do that. The only reason I wouldn't do it is because I believe in luck, but I just I, I just can't. With Shanahan and Alfred Morris, no, I I, I can't do that. Don't you? What you know? Two words come to mind: sell high. You know, sell high. Adrian Peterson's stock's not going to get any higher. He's only going to get older. He was an absolutely dominating monster of a player. He he looks like he's every bit of Superman ever was. But that is a heck of a deal. Andrew Luck, the number two possibly quarterback in all of Dynasty. And Alfred Morris, who had a heck of a rookie season. Oh, man, that's hard to, to not turn away, man. I mean, I know I, I – and that supports the three-year theory. I understand. You know, Adrian Peterson, he's got a good three years left, right? But, man, I would be real tempted to pull the trigger on that one and look just a little bit further down the road. But very, very interesting. Wayne Ellis agrees with you. He says no, so – uh, yeah. Let's see the survey questions. I'm going to skip that one. That one's kind of boring. Uh, da, 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 da. I'll be back. As the contest grows, we need to reduce the teams to make the playoffs. Currently, four teams make the playoffs after week 13. Would you be in favor of scaling this back to three teams qualifying per league to make the playoffs? Uh, Rich McClellan, you may be interested in this one, my man. Uh, you can give us a call at the chat room here, but the answer is. 71% said no. Even at four teams qualifying for the playoffs. So <laughs> the people have spoken there. I think more teams like to have a shot at the big money. Look, that's what you're there for. You're there to, to have a shot at the big money. And so to limit that or pull back from that is just it's a little self-defeating. You're you're there. You're you're putting up your entry fee to have a shot at that main event. And so when people say, Oh, you might need to pull back on that a little bit, well, you know what the what does the NFL do, Mike? The NFL takes twelve teams out of um, thirty-two. Twelve divided by thirty-two—that's thirty-seven percent of the teams. So twelve times thirty-seven point five percent—that says to take four and a half teams. Yeah, I mean, so uh, but I, I still uh, I still like the way uh, everybody voted on that though. Mm-hmm. Seventy-one percent, very popular. Uh, waivers run on Wednesday at Friday uh, at 8. Would you be in favor of pushing it back an hour to 9? Yes, that one over 60%. Good. Uh, you'll be interested in this, Mike, uh, and this is a very tough decision for the team and for the players. We may have to re-poll. For eight years, Roto Bowl, our mid-stakes $259 entry game, has dual flex and an 11-man roster. Would you prefer a single flex 10-man roster or dual flex with the 11-man roster. So you'd basically be starting one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, a kicker, and a defense, and two flex. Would you be in favor of that? A dual 11. I voted dual 11. I remember that uh, when I was voting on that. Uh, I voted dual 11. Yes. 61% of the people answered dual 11, Mike. Yeah. Uh, very interesting uh, what kind of a position. Here, here's the thing. Let, let, let's just put it out on the table. The World Championship of Fantasy Football, they kind of in, uh, put that original lineup out there, that one, two, three, one, and a flex. They had the flex position by Lenny and Amel. They threw that out there. It was wildly popular. People took off with it. NFFC emulated it the next year. Everybody kind of used it. FFPC came along. They said, you know what? Uh, let's pull one of those receivers off the table. 
and add a flex, and it took away the power of the wide receiver position, and it threw it into tight end when they multiplied it with the one and a half points per tight end catch. And so it kind of changed things there even more, shook it up like a like a big jar of right. marbles or something. You don't know what's going to come out of that every draft. Every draft is just totally different. Uh, well, Scott, Scott, like I've talked about on the last few shows is, I mean, there's so much flexibility when you're talking about the wide receiver position, and that's just going to add to it, even the tight end. And so, I mean, how many times have you, uh, like last year, how many times, even with a 10, 10 roster spot, how many times are you like, man, I sure wish I could have this guy here. So this could be the uh, the duel with the 11, and uh, this is a good opportunity. That's why I voted for it. Interesting. Well, I appreciate that. It's, uh, it, it is it is uh, interesting to see what, uh, what people are looking for in their main event contest this year. Like I said, FFPC, they did the dual flex. It's very popular. I think people like to have the choices as they move in the draft to take the player that they like rather than the position that they like. And I think that – has a big resounding appeal to the players. Uh, it definitely does give you a bailout option. It bails you out a little bit if you kind of messed your draft up. It really here's what it does more than anything. What FFPC did, and uh, I, I really like the fact that I can go in there and I can draft and, like I said, I can be focused on the player and not necessarily the position. It really minimalized team construction. Team construction is not nearly as important in that game. I, I, I can fairly say that as a player who's won there before. Uh, and, and so I like that aspect of it. I also appreciate the aspect of that it, that it, uh, the, the skill gives you when you have to get those three wide receivers and start those every week. And if you have 11 flex like or a dual flex and 11-man lineup like Roto Bowl, they've been doing that thing for eight years, and they absolutely love it. The players love it. They rave by it. So – It'll be an interesting thing. We might want to re-poll the high-stakes players just to make sure that they, they understand the uh, the option that's there because that's a big one, and we want to uh, make sure we do what's right. Question seven. Last year we worked $100 each week, $100 each week to each league member of the team who scored the most points. Did you like the weekly bonus? The most popular response of the survey, 76% said yes, keep the weekly bonus, Mike. They like the weekly bonus. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like it. You know, it just keeps the, uh, you know, keeps dispersing everybody or uh, dispersing the money throughout. Everybody uh, keeps on their toes throughout every week, and uh, it just it makes it a little bit more fun to me. Yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, it, it's fun to see the big winners, which we're going to see. I mean, FFWC is going to make they're going to make that happen. You guys are going to make that happen, but. You know, it's fun every week just to see something fresh and something uh, somebody new to uh, just get something. Yeah. Uh, and finally, I'll just share with you the uh, the other no, I won't, uh, the boring questions I won't worry about. But uh, the 13-week <laughs> regular season, obviously that's a big kicker for the FFWC and, and something that people do like. We use all play to make that happen because you're in a 12-man league, and so you don't want to have to play everybody more than once. So it's a 12-man league. You want to play everybody once. That means 11 games against your competition. We use all play for weeks one and two where you play everybody, and then the top six scores of that week get 
a win and the bottom six scores get a loss. It's a pretty popular concept. So we asked, would you be in favor of moving that all play to weeks 12 and 13 or even 1 and 13? And uh, it was interesting, but only 44% of the people said keep it the first two weeks. The other 56% said change it. Uh, Change it. And week 13 was the most popular option. Uh, And week 1 was the second most popular option. So it's interesting. Some people like the bookend approach. The first week of the season all play, and just better make sure the last week of the season all play because, man, <laughs> I don't want to get screwed by somebody that's tanking uh, or or I need somebody to lose and, and they're, they're playing somebody that's tanking. And week 13 is too important to play just one team that could have been could be throwing in the towel and impacting the whole league integrity. I voted I, Scott. To be honest, uh, on my on my end, I voted week thirteen. Uh, if you're going to get into a league like this, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I I do not see that much tanking that goes on. Um, so I'm I'm just I'm just thinking, man, these guys sure to the goodness they're going to put in a lineup that's going to be solid. And if they don't by say Saturday afternoon or what have you, then I'm going to call them, and somebody will call them, and everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, Wayne's in the chat room, and we're we're talking about the 13-week uh, regular season, and, you know, he, he's not a fan of all play. And, and you know, you really get into a, a, a discussion here about, well, how do you solve the issue of a 13-week regular season? Because, look, you don't – do you want to play somebody – would you rather play two random teams twice? Because if that's the case, you could end up playing the best team in there. Well, it's random, you know, so that's kind of fair. I mean, it's fair to everybody as much as everybody has the chance of playing somebody. The, the the question is, you know, what do you do with those extra two weeks when you want to play? Look, bottom line is this. The the feedback is a resounding yes, keep the 13-week regular season because nobody, nobody likes it when it's Thanksgiving Day and you don't have any action in week 12. If you're in I week 12, and you don't have any action on Thanksgiving Day, the biggest football day of the freaking year, and you don't have any fantasy football, that just twists a knife in your gut, man. Especially in the yeah. league, you pay the most money. You're going to put down $1,700 into a contest, and you don't have any action on Thanksgiving. So we knew for a fact that we had to keep the 13-week regular season for all 12 teams. They have yeah. to have to be playing for action there. So uh, the question is, how do you make sure that that all play – uh, or or whatever you do with that, um, if you play the two random teams or you do the all play, how do you? How well, do you... that's uh, honestly that's what uh, you, uh, Emil and and the gang, uh, that's what you come up with. And I appreciate the fact that you uh, asked the players for their uh, comments. But uh, bottom line is, uh, 13, 13 weeks is perfect, man. Eleven, it just it, it's just not right to go into that and. There's still too much football left, uh, too much to go. So 13 weeks is perfect. Well, we're going to bring on a caller as we talk about this next conversation here, Mike. The next conversation, I appreciate that. The uh, FFWC is a lot of fun to take the feedback of the players. We take it very seriously, and we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to analyze it every which way we can. But NFL trade talk is, and again, Mike, I know you don't like to talk about the Jets, but <coughs> Darrell Revis, we need to figure out the likely destination here because – He's got the knee injury, and a lot of teams have so many limited cap space. The the teams that are in question right now are, let me just throw out San Francisco. How about the Niners? 
a la Deion Sanders in 94. Is he the final piece to their Super Bowl puzzle? No. <laughs> Nine three seven, you're on the air with Red versus Blue. Mr. Atkins and Mr. Trent. Yes, sir. How are you this evening? How are you? I'm wonderful. Richie Rich McClellan. How's it going, my man? <laughs> hey Scotty, how's it going? Hi, hey, Michael, how's it going? You know, you know, I, I, well, you guys have been talking about a bunch of different interesting subjects here, um, and I, I don't know where to start. I think this whole, the whole idea about, uh, you know, play all or a thirteen-week season. I mean, that that could go, e- it could go either way. I mean, think about it. If, in one sense, you could argue that playoff everybody is makes the sense makes the most sense at the beginning of the season when there are no injuries and the teams have their purest chance and then you can flip that around and say well why not do it at the end when the teams that have the best chance are sorting themselves out you know why why couldn't you make up some hybrid system where you do play all throughout the entire season, and that's worth a third of point of the points, and head-to-head is worth two-thirds? I mean, there's so many different ways you could take that angle. I don't understand why, why it's such a big argument. Pick a league that plays a certain way and then play in that league. What, what, what's the big deal? What, what am I missing? Go for it, Scott. I, I mean, I got a, I got a response. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and give it to you first. Okay. Uh, honestly, uh, the way I see it, it, it's not that big of a deal, Rich. Uh, the one thing is, uh, the beginning of the season. Uh, let's face it, everybody is green. They're, I mean, because they don't play in preseason games. It, it doesn't mean much. Uh, so it's very it's very green for every position player that we have our money invested in uh, to play those games and to put our money on those games. Now, the back end, the weeks, uh, you know, the latter weeks, 11, 12, 13, uh, this season, and most of them are playing for a playoff spot. Most of them are in a spot where they have to be in there and participate. Injury, injury, barred. I mean, injuries happen. That's part of the situation. Uh, but the way the league has it set up is you play uh, matchups. Uh, for instance, uh, Dallas Cowboys uh, against the New York Giants. They're going to play each other toward the tail end of the year. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I mean, I just feel like the tail end means a lot. Week 13 means a lot than uh, week one in fantasy football. Well, I think you said a lot there, Mike, and and, and Rich, I will just respond and say, look, I would like to tell you that (laughs) I've never been in charge of a fantasy contest before, number one, right? Uh, And so this is kind of my chance to really get uh, into the players and and to the players that I know and understand and say, look, let's build the thing that we want. And hopefully by doing this the first time around, this is my first rodeo, my first offseason, hopefully – we can kind of take what we know about who plays and who wants to play and who's going to play and build the right game for them. And, and hopefully you don't have to touch it. 
and it sits there and rides out. But, uh, Rich, I think we all know that's naive, and that's not true, and that's not going to happen. Change is inevitable. The pulse of the players is something you always have to have your hands on. The game changes. The rules change in the NFL. Uh, all of a sudden, you have quarterbacks scrambling for 250 yards and seven touchdowns a game or something. You know, it turns into Arena Bowl, and uh, all of a sudden – you know, um, we 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 get our uh, we get our games blacked out on Sundays or something. You know, who knows what's going to happen? I, I just know that we have to kind of keep our hands on the pulse of the players, and and you know, hopefully we get a stable format here that we can ride with for a long time. But you know, we can't be afraid to change and tweak here and there. So I, I read. You still on there? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. I I, I understand all of that. I, what what it makes me wonder is, is that all of us, you know, including the two of you and probably most of the people listening, we've always played the the formats that were handed to us, and we knew what the format was when we signed up and paid our money. Now I agree that there are there are areas for different formats, but it makes me wonder. What, what if you, for example, let's suppose you drafted a particular league and you scored it three different ways. Let's say it was a, um, you know, anybody plays format. That's one way to score it. Then there's another way where you have to pick all the players. And then there's another way where it has, uh, you know, plural. And you combine the three of those give them each a weight and turn out with a result. That would no that would be something that would would wipe out all of these arguments. If you could win when when your team was best in all of those formats, fine. But the person who entered that league would be entering that league with their money knowing what the deal was. And I feel like in some way we all enter the leagues knowing what the deal is and the bitching after the fact, you know, kind of is ridiculous. Why not just make up make up some leagues that have all of these, you know, these uh, point scoring scenarios in place and go from there? Why not just do that? Everybody knows what they're getting into. Yeah, that's that's another option you have, and uh, I think when you uh, when you package these things. To get people that to comfortable with your format is number one, the first priority. You want them comfortable with your format, and you want them to be able to play any of your formats and any of your price point games that they play without having to learn a whole new set of rules and to learn how to draft this league and this one has to be different and this one has to be different. And once you get them into your system, you want them to say, "Hey, I'm comfortable playing this game. Why not play for a little bit more? Why not play for the bit and step up without having to learn a new game?" Texas Hold'em should be Texas Hold'em. And I would love to standardize it across the whole thing, but we'll never get that kind of cooperation because this is still a game. It's not Texas Hold'em. Uh, we're playing Omaha. They're playing California Fives or whatever. You know, everybody's got a different game that they're playing right now. And the, I just want to get that synergy across all the brands. And right now, because of the purchase of Roto Bowl, we had two distinct different concepts, and we had to figure out what, what we have to change one or the other. One of them's got to give. Roto Bowl's got to give and change and morph to the FFWC format, or the FFWC needs to morph into the Roto Bowl format. So that's why we pose the question. We want to get that synergy. So if you play 250, 
a team or if you play 1500 a team, you're going to have the same experience. You're just going to be playing against different competition. So, yeah, Rich, good to, it's good to hear from you, man. Richie McClellan, the commissioner, uh, the soon-to-be soon man behind the FPA. Uh, you know, if uh, we can get that far and uh, take some time in here for a break here. What do you think about this Revis situation, Richie? We got the Jets. Uh, maybe the Seahawks look their way. I could see him giving up Matt Flynn and a draft pick maybe. I mean, could you imagine the Seahawks with Revis on one half the field and then Sherman on the other half of the field? Wouldn't that be nasty? And then the Jets get their quarterback and a couple of picks to go with it. Yes, I can imagine that. And, by the way, the Jets deserve where they are. They, they, they If they have to deal Revis to get a couple of picks and try to have a decent team, I hate to say this, you know, you might have to become more of a Colts fan since you live in Indy because the Jets might suck for a while. But I do think that it would be smart on their part to deal Revis if they get the right setup. And, you know, there's talk right now about San Francisco with all their draft picks and everything going on that maybe that would work out. I do think that the Jets would be best to do that. Um if they can get reasonable value, because he's going to walk. He's never been loyal to the Jets. He's been a dick to the Jets every time his contract has come up. So there's no reason to think that he's a hero. So I think they should get what they can for him now and go from there. Well, Rich, I love what you're saying right there, but you just answered the question of 31 other teams. He's been a dick to the Jets. He's been disloyal. What team is going to take him on? Well, uh, no, Michael, that's a good point. I do think that I do think that there are a number of teams that would would do it. San Francisco, obviously, and they're you know they've got riches all over the viewpoint with with uh, you know draft picks and everything to offer. Uh, so I think they're they're probably the the number one choice. And Revis, you know, he's one of those guys. I mean, he's been awesome as a player, but let's face it, he has not been even remotely loyal. And you know, another team who took him, you're you're you are pointing out they would have to think the same thing. Why would he be loyal? He's never been loyal to the only team he's been with. Absolute nightmare, Richie. You nailed it on the head. Hey, we gotta, we gotta, uh, we, we've got to finish up this show. We only got three minutes left in the show. The hour went by so fast. Uh, Minnesota's a possible suitor. They could give like a Gerhardt and a couple of picks. Tampa Bay has the cap, and they need a corner. So I don't know what they can give. But uh, and then finally, the other player in the game, the Dolphins obviously have the space, but they're not going to trade in the division uh, for that. The Pats would never do it. Philly. Philly is about to get Awesome Wall his walking papers, and they're the type of team that just might pull such a massive contract. So you might want to watch for that. Then we have Michael Turner leaving, and so there's rumors that Steven Jackson goes to ATL. Mike, who do you like this year? Uh, if if ATL gets Steven Jackson, you like Steven Jackson or Quiz Rogers? Uh, I still I still like Quiz Rogers, man. Uh, if we're talking dynasty, I like Quiz Rogers. Rich, what about you, buddy? Well. I would agree with Michael. If you're talking dynasty, it's Rogers. But if if, if Stephen Jackson goes there, I mean, please, they're going to give him. He's going to yeah. get 250 touches no matter what, and that's just how it would work. 
That's all we got, guys. Hey, we'll see you guys next Friday night. Thank you, crew, for being here. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.